puja needs are like such an obvious need around us. We see these flowers being used everywhere, right? Like whether it's in cabs or temples or puja room. But there is no um, brand around these flowers or a trusted source that people can get this product from. Um, and that's how you know this idea got started. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Inspired with Devik. Uh, today is our first episode uh, with two guests. Uh, so we're really excited. Uh, the guests are the founders of Uvu, Uvu Fresh. So welcome Ria and welcome Yashoda. Thank you so much for joining us on this show. Uh, to everyone who don't know, they are completely disrupting and taking a fresh take on traditional flowers. So I just like you all to explain what Uvu is about uh, before we get into the podcast. First, let us say thank you for having us on the podcast. My pleasure. Yeah, okay, I'll let you take over. Yeah. Hi, hi guys. So I'm Yashoda, uh, the CEO and co-founder of Hugu along with Ria. Um, so I, I guess I'll go ahead and explain a bit about what Hugu is. So we're building a consumer brand in the traditional flower space. Um, so, you know, puja needs are like such an obvious need around us. We see these flowers being used everywhere, right? Like whether it's in cabs or temples or puja room, but there is no um, brand around these flowers or a trusted source that people can get this product from. Um, and that's how, you know, this idea got started. We saw this use case everywhere and we're like, can we do something about it? Um, can we make the supply chain better? Can we make the product better? And that ultimate experience that the customer gets, can we add delight to their puja experience? And that's how we came about <laughs> Wow. So I would say that uh, when I first came across a startup, I would say coming from a family, which is not so much into, I would say, traditional uh, puja. And we, I mean, we don't really call for flowers for a puja, but we call for flowers for other reasons. But when I really understood what y'all are doing, so essentially, it's just like a subscription or an on-demand flower subscription where let's say I'm doing a puja, or there is some, there is some event which is happening. Um, the flowers will arrive thanks to you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I feel like these flowers are just like, as you should have saying, so much in the background of our lives that we forget that they're used for all of these different purposes, right? Like puja and like that daily use case is the lowest hanging fruit. Um, but people use it for all sorts of things. And in India, it's exciting because like every religion uses flowers, like all income brackets use it. Um, and if nothing else, it just makes your life more beautiful. So it's always yeah. a good thing to have. No, absolutely. I think like you rightly said, uh, we don't realize that it's such a integral part of our lives that I wouldn't even realize that, oh, that happens on the background. Like mom will order it from somewhere. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not something that I engage with. So I do not know, but I think my mom knows the pain point of uh, having to get those flowers and then sending someone to select the right one, not knowing whether it is the right one. I think there are so many uh, challenges which we do not realize, which people who are actually doing it realize. Exactly. So like, first of all, moms, grandmoms, like that's our target audience. They love us. Um, That's why we care. But also, like you said, right, like if you really think about what these flowers are, it's supposed to be a moment of like quiet reflection in your day, a moment of joy and peace, right? Like just for you to show your gratitude, whether that's in prayer, whether that's like to your workplace, whether that's to someone who's passed away in your family. Um, but like you said, those five minutes of peace are interrupted by like, they get ripped off in this prize, like people individually checking each flower because they're like, I know that at least one is going to be bad. Um, or like, is the person going to come on time today? Like there's just so many tensions, which completely defeats that purpose of like five minutes of peace, right? Um, so I think what really drove us is like, how do we maintain the sanctity of those five minutes? 
right? How do we give them a product where they're like, I don't have to check the flowers because I know they're fresh. I don't have to check the price because it's the same every time. And I know that it's going to be at my doorstep at like 4 a.m., 5 a.m., whatever it is that they need. Um, and it's always going to be of the best quality. Yeah, I think the first part is that I think your target audience is the cutest, the moms and grandmoms. <laughs> so I'm sure <laughs> you are getting a lot of brownie points on that front. And the second part, which you said, uh, so you're deliver that early in the morning also. So what are like your delivery hours? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for puja flowers, right, it's super early in the morning because uh, most people wake up at like six o'clock and before they go to work, they want to complete their puja. Um, so it completely depends on the customers. A lot of them go for early morning subscriptions, but some of them also take the evening one so that they have more time to do their puja in the evening or they keep it in the refrigerator and then use it the next day. So it's kind of across the spectrum. So essentially, it's even 4 a.m., 5 a.m., and like quite early on also. So I think in your early days, were you guys the ones taking the calls? A lot of calls, yeah. <laughs> and you know, it really made us, I mean, we always knew, of course, you know, if something's being used for puja, which is such a personal use case, um, there's a lot of emotion attached to it. But I think um, that early morning delivery is what really made us um, realize how much our customers valued the product. Um, because like, you know, if someone's delivery slot was let's say six o'clock, at 6.05, if the flowers didn't reach, like we would get calls saying my flowers aren't here yet. And then the delivery person would probably drop it off and they're like, oh, okay, it just came, yeah. you know, like five minutes later. Um, so people are, it's a routine, right? It's like your milk subscription. Every morning you wake up, you pick up your milk packet and here it's your puja product. And it, you can't leave your house. If you're someone who does puja, you can't leave your house till you actually do that ritual, right? So it, it's very dependent on getting those flowers on time. And it's such a personal thing, right? Uh, what's so interesting about flowers as well is that it's a very small part of your wallet um, spend, but it's a very high emotional need. Mm. So even if people are buying 50 grams of flowers or one, you know, handspan garland, um, it means a lot, right? And that's why that quality matters so much because especially when we started initially as well, and when we would like obsess over quality, people are like, yeah, okay, like quality is important for perishables. We're like, that's not it, right? It's not the same as like the quality of any other product that you see, because here quality means you're giving the highest quality to the God that you pray to, mm-hmm. right? It's like what you are offering. And I remember once one of our customers said that we, we were doing a lot of customer calls and we're like, you know, why do you subscribe and stuff? And he's like, oh, throughout the day, you know, we just keep asking God for things, but this is the one thing we give to God and we don't take back. Wow. And I think that was like such an eye opener and such a beautiful way to, you know, put this um, use down for us as well. No, I think, yeah, yeah, please go. You know how you were like, you must get a lot of brownie points. Mm -hmm. For us, like it's blessings. So we would wake up at 5 a.m. and we would get like a, where is my delivery? One minute later, okay, it's at the door. And then God bless your team, you know? So from the beginning and, you know, as fresh college grads, like when we started out, we were like, what is this 5 a.m. life? But then it, it immediately kind of rewards you as well. So we always knew we were on like a different path with this startup. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I think what you rightly said that it, it does not have a lot of monetary value associated to it, but the emotional value is very high. And then when you talk about that, that is that one thing that I'm giving God, like essentially that there's nothing else that you can give uh, the God you're worshipping. And, and the flower is that one emotion or that one tangible thing that you can really present to them. 
and also uh, you're taking these morning calls. I think that must have taught you all so much about your business and accelerated it so fast. Because I think the founders sitting, uh, I personally also love doing that whenever a customer calls, even irrespective of who's handled the sale or whatever. Whenever there is something that goes wrong, it's me and my partner who sit down and understand that okay, what went wrong or what went right, and that just teaches you so much. It improves, or I would say. Uh, steepens your learning curve much faster to understand what your product is, what your customers are looking for, and in your case, I think getting a God bless you in the morning is a very good start to your day. <laughs> yeah. And that's the one thing you know, like all our mentors would always tell us from the beginning as well. They would be like, just keep talking to your customers. Your all your answers are there. Like the more customer conversations you have, and I think that applies at every stage, right? So yeah, completely. Yeah, I know when Corona was happening, like the first wave was happening, uh, and we decided to kind of pause all of our subscriptions, you know, while the lockdown was happening. Um, we just put our number out everywhere. First of all, I think all of our customers already had our number, <laughs> but um, I think it's such a great experience. You know, that's why I was saying we had a lot of customer conversations. A lot of those happened during Corona as well, like when people didn't have access to puja flowers, probably for the first time in their lives. Um, but it was such an eye opener for us. Like I'm a huge introvert. Like I hate talking to people, but like talking to customers, I think was like the best thing. Like the best fear I got over. Like because it taught us like so much. I think that's the biggest part of our moat is just having been talking to customers. No, absolutely. And and I think during a period like COVID, I think this was like a sort of ray of light for everyone because everyone was just locked up in their houses. and uh people were just spending that time praying and just like with each other meditating i mean everyone was doing what uh gave them their peace uh, and i think this would have been in this the flowers would have been an integral part of it so when did you all when did you all start your company which year was it and which month in 2019 in february so 3 years back <laughs> hmm and and probably immediately one year in like i think you all celebrated your first year anniversary and then within a month the lockdown hit uh and yeah. what was your strategy during that period and how did that affect you so we actually stopped uh meeting in office and having operations like a week before karnataka went into lockdown mm-hmm. um i remember actually i was in the gym and i was like reading this article about covid and how it's going to explode then i came home and yesh was like have you been reading about this because at that point none of us knew right yeah. and we were like okay this is insane it's our responsibility to kind of like stop what we're doing right now and like pause all of our subscriptions i think especially because our team that we work with right whether it's the farmers or the ladies who kind of do our packaging um they like travel in bus they don't really have access to the best healthcare like it just didn't feel right to put them in danger especially when there were so many unknowns at that point um so for us because we went into lockdown like a week before karnataka there was a lot of education that we had to do as well when we had to communicate to our customers why we're going into this and i think um it's the strength of our community that when you know when we told them that this is what we're going to do we're doing it for the welfare not only of our customers but of our team as well um we didn't get people being like you know like this is not okay like you have to restart all of that stuff people were like you know i need my flowers and i'm sad that i'm not going to get them but i support the fact that you're doing this um and i think that was a huge validation for us as founders especially first time founders you know yeah. facing a pandemic that like none of us really understood at that point of time um when we did restart so we restarted again like during the lockdown itself 
Uh, we did it with a lot of different protocols, like distancing everyone. Uh, but we also did a lot of research beforehand and we made sure that all of the flowers were being sanitized. So we just added that kind of as a step to whatever we were doing just to maintain the safety of the entire supply chain. Yeah, and I mean, it was quite scary, right, to have to make that decision. Um, it's so much easier when someone else makes the decision yeah. for you. So before the lockdown was announced, like I remember both of us even talking about it and we're like, what if this ends up being nothing, right? And then our customers and our employees are going to be like, what the hell? Like, why did you freak out? You know, so we can't seem like we're scared of things, but at the same time, we can't, you know, not take the risk of um, the risk that like our entire team would be put under, like, you know, not take it seriously. So that was scary, but the biggest validation for that also came like once the lockdown did get announced, right? And we had already locked ourselves down before that. A lot of customers again reached out to us. Like after we had the conversation, we paused everything and they would message us and be like, you know, like what you did, like we really appreciate that because obviously this is growing up and you decide to make that decision. And I think it made a lot more sense to our team then because sometimes like as founders, you have to make some decisions when given the information that you have that maybe everyone doesn't know, right? So some of our team members are also like, yeah, okay, we respect this decision, but like, do we have to? But once things start happening and then they were like, you know what, like, we're glad you did that. And later, we realized that later, like when we would have like, you know, group meetings and stuff and talk and like people would bring that up and they're like, hey, remember when that step was taken by the company to like prioritize our health over like the company's sales? Um, And that made us realize like, that's what we have to pay attention to because ultimately if like, we're able to, you know, keep our team and our customers' welfare in mind, then like everything else ends up working out. No. I think also, yeah, go on, go on. It was a great like moment for us as a company because we were like, go, go, go from day one, right? And we like, we have ops and all of that stuff. Like it was a great moment to like zoom back out. Um, we had this like, cool thing where everyone in our team was doing online lessons so if someone wanted to learn a different language we were sending them the youtube videos for that if someone wanted to learn typing they were doing that in their houses so i think honestly like the entire team like was elevated through the experience um and we used to do these like customer calls because i think everyone was kind of like lonely and just sitting at home uh, and we had such meaningful and deep conversations with our customers during that first lockdown um so honestly i don't think the startup like stop growing i think in a way like that zoom out like helped us grow more when we came back mm-hmm. um and people were looking for safer flowers they were looking for that online delivery um so i'd say if anything the pandemic really helped us and helped us grow no absolutely and i think it's a very bold step to take as founders uh, within your first year completing it and then just telling your entire audience that okay we're taking a pause uh, because we see something and i think as a leader founder it, it's such a difficult decision that you have to uh, you know that it's going to hit your revenues. You know it's going to hit a lot of other things. But you have to take that hard stop and have that foresight and vision that, okay, maybe y'all are not seeing it right now. And obviously, I think it's always a gamble, right? Every founder, every leader takes that risk. Uh, most times it pays off, sometimes it doesn't. But luckily, it did pay off. And I think your uh, your team elevated a lot intellectually, I think, through that, through that period. And I think that is much more valuable than the top line and the bottom line. <laughs> so I think that's... Uh, that's also something we did because we were also in a similar situation. We kept saying, and Bombay was like the epicenter um, for, for all these things. And we were like, okay, is this going to happen? Is this not going to happen? And then we were like, okay, we'll go from alternate days. Uh, and then when the lockdown eventually did happen, our full team was at home. And then me and my partner were showing up at office every day because we didn't want to put anyone else at risk. We said, it's just the two of us. Anyway, the roads are empty. That's very rare in Mumbai. 
so let's just make the most of it and go to office and uh, we did a bunch of stuff during that period but yeah i think i fully understand uh, in those early years having um, such a period and i think no one was prepared for this pandemic right and being first time founders even i'm first time founder so having having that uh, challenge having that setback i'm just glad that a lot of our founders have really been able to survive this uh, and come out of it and now i think beyond this anything is just going to be like okay uh, i think yeah. i can handle it that that's going to be the mindset hopefully you don't jinx that <laughs> yeah i i think i take my words back i do not want to jinx that but i i also went through your website and i would like to first of all appreciate two things about you guys uh one is the name is very different and second is your website is full of vibrant colors uh, it's it's like the flowers you'll have and uh, i think there are very few websites nowadays which uh, with like a lot of people getting into website development and a lot of stuff happening in that space uh, very few websites nowadays stand out and i would say that uh, your team has really done a brilliant job on that uh, so what what drove you all to come up with this name i really wanted to understand that so it actually goes back to those customer conversations during mm-hmm. the lockdown um so you basically called rose bazaar and you know we had a different yeah. logo and um but you know we were always considering like if we wanted to change the name or you know how we wanted to build up the brand um but that's when we started having those customer conversations and we had a lot of free time during that lockdown so we did focus groups we spoke to customers um and you know those conversations really helped us understand the kind of brand that we wanted to build mm-hmm. and the name comes from there so hubu actually means flowers in kannada oh. and uh, Usually, when people think about flowers, right? Even though the puja use case is so much bigger than any other flower use case, um, we think of like bouquets or like Valentine's Day and stuff because that's what is marketed, right? And that's what you see brands doing. Um, so we wanted to really evoke that like local nostalgic feeling. And um, Hubu is also like in uh, Telugu, it's Hubu, and it's like similar words in like different languages. Um, so we wanted to, you know, choose something. that was very local um that invoked that nostalgia because when you're saying a flower's name in your local language as well in your native language it's usually in that context of uh, you know puja or with your family right like so really bring out those feelings um because that that's what puja is right it's a way for you to connect with yourself but it's also a way for you to feel nostalgic like when people talk like you know the first thing you said my mom buying her flowers and that's how it is for most people my mom used to do this or my grandma used to do this and now i'm doing it um so so those were the kind of things that we want to really you know make, bring out with the name and the brand itself yeah actually if you can see the collage behind us that's our mood board um <laughs> and you know, like yashoda said i think that sense of nostalgia that people you know like when they think about puja they think of like memories in their mother tongue like whatever that is yeah. that's really what we wanted to evoke and i think like both of us like we studied in the us and then we came back and we like loved seeing all of these new generation of brands like talking about a really indian concept a really indian aesthetic and we were like we don't see a lot of like south indian specific aesthetics right like even though there's so much in like just the visual history of south india and we were like why not hubu you know it's such a south indian name it's like such a like kadada name um and it just like felt like the best kind of fit for us and we were thinking of brands like you know mysore sandal or like amul or cycle these kind of like solid brands where you know you like trust them your grandmother your mother are like 100 year guarantee right like if we can have that kind of trust from our customers i think like 
that our lives work done right there no indeed i mean um, even even the name and the story behind it now that i understand it so i i don't know um, kannada but i know tamil because of my mom uh, but i think now that you all have told me what it means it adds another element of i would say uh, like you all said it it evokes an emotion and another thing which you all said is that the market of puja flowers is much bigger than Uh, the other market i think that is something that is a fact to me because uh, as as any other individual growing up in in india uh, i would feel that okay i think the bigger market is bouquets or flowers or uh, i mean just the traditional i would say mindset which i would have around it but i think that it the other aspect being a bigger use case is is another i would say fact which is blown my mind completely yeah and you know even just like if you take a walk around your local flower markets right like dadar market in mumbai or like kr market in bangalore and if you just observe the kind of flowers that are being sold like your answer will be right there like 10 to 20% of that market will be the bouquet flowers or which are the cut flowers that's what it's usually called and the rest of it is all these traditional flowers right and that like immediately is like an aha moment when people realize um, but yeah that's a very common misconception yeah, yeah actually jump the fence because we started out like our lives in the cut flower bouquet flower industry um so actually our family business our mother and father they were in the cut rose production industry so they used to grow roses mm. um and like our whole lives like they started the first farm when yashoda was born um so our whole lives like every valentines day we would be like at the farm like seeing all these boxes of roses going out um you know like we lived in ethiopia for two years because that's where our farms used to be and stuff um and we even worked in our family business for about two years and like it's amazing right like the bouquet flower industry is like so automated there's like these high standards and it's just like an amazing industry and it's been set up like in the, i think the last like 25 to 30 years um but then when we actually doing this research and we realized how much bigger the puja flower industry was like even before we started we were like this is insane you know like because it still operates the same way it's been operating for the last few decades while this other industry is com- like completely overtaken it regardless of like the fact that it's like one fourth the size no i i mean it it's really unbelievable and uh, so y'all i think essentially grew up with flowers Uh, you spent every valentines day in in a rose farm uh, so i think you all had a very different upbringing also and if i may just ask like uh, i i was completely unaware that, that these farms are in ethiopia like any specific reason why it's there my understanding would have been it, it's in india so i just wanted to understand that bit yeah so our dad started out in india uh, and actually bangalore specifically has a lot of rose farms mm-hmm. um and he was one of the people who set up the bangalore flower auction for roses as well Mm-hmm. um but then he got this opportunity to go to kenya so he actually went to kenya first and then from kenya he went to ethiopia as well so we have farms in both of those places um because it's close to the equator both of those regions are really good for growing roses um you know there's a, there's a lot of agriculture that happens there as well so it, um it just worked out as a great opportunity for him and i think for us like it really opened the eyes to like what floriculture as an industry can be um obviously bangalore has like amazing companies but like seeing it at that global scale like mm-hmm. seeing how flowers are processed in holland and stuff like you said our life has literally been about flowers um so there's a lot of foreshadowing before we moved 
and also really taught us the value of scale right or like what it even means to think at scale because um, that's not easy to do right uh, i mean as much as we would like to think it is because um, i remember even growing up like when people would ask me what my dad does i was like he grows roses yeah. like everyone's what wait what what does he do like you know he's like can he afford your school fees like yeah. he grows roses i just feel so, like he's a florist because Yeah, but we saw scale there. Like there was a point when our dad was the largest floriculture farmer in the world, and you know, to hear things like that, where he started with like, I'm going to set up this rose farm in the outskirts of Bangalore, to like, to even think of that scale, and then to actually make it happen. I think that was like so when we were starting as well, right? We're like, if we're starting a business, we're starting it with the idea that we're building something that's going to last. and building something that's going to make a dent right wherever it is um and and that's how puja flowers happen and really the sky is the limit here so it it really reminds us to keep like think you know constantly increasing like the scope of how we think like expanding the scope and um i mean whenever we don't we also have our parents right at home to be like this is all you're doing like you only grew this much what about more so that definitely pushes us yeah i mean also it's funny cuz like we grew up with flowers because of our dad and his like bouquets and roses and all of that but also cuz our mom does so much puja like people are always like how did you come up with puja flowers as a concept and then they come to our house and they see like our puja room our early like our mother just decorating everything and they're like oh it completely makes sense now so um yeah we really have our parents to thank for like who and then also everything we've learned so far <laughs> No, I think that uh, the fact that you all saw scale, the different upbringing you all had, with uh, I think you all saw the scale and the business potential in it. While some kids asked you, "Can you afford your school fees?" and you were like, <laughs> "You don't know what I'm talking about." <laughs> But I think you all you all managed to really uh, see scale early on and understand the market much better. It's like I think you all grew up with flowers, and now you all are doing something in that in in that sense. And I think from my perspective, uh, it's it's I think a starting point for you all. and there are very few industries like the industry that we are in 3d printing our constant fear is that okay there'll be a new technology it will wipe out the machine i have i have that constant fear of uh, advancement of technology it's i would say a boon and a bane uh, it's a boon when i am getting the newer machine a bane when i am caught up with an older machine but with y'all i mean the industry that y'all are in essentially is going to keep growing uh, it's it's a never ending industry Yeah, like people are always like, "What's next?" and like our answer constantly keeps changing. Because what's so exciting about Pooja Flowers, and also um, what's so exciting about being a first mover in this space, is that there's so much innovation that you can bring to it, right? Like there's constantly things that we're like, "Oh my God, nobody's working on this," and then we're like, "Oh yeah, only we will work on it because we're the first movers in this space." Um, I think like it's just been so so exciting to us. I think there's so much left for us to do, um, and you know, like we don't have that much FOMO because the other people aren't doing it. So I I understand what you're saying about 3D printing. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I'll give this up for anything. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, with the two of you uh, doing it as sisters, uh, I have an elder sister. Uh, how how did you guys decide? Like, was it natural that okay we'll do it together? Because I'm sure you all are. There's an age difference, and probably you all study something different. Like, what got you all to start the business together? It was not natural. I poached Ria uh, <laughs> from her other opportunities. I'll just say before she goes ahead and says anything else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
part like um honestly i don't know if we ever thought we would really work together um growing up i mean we're such different people like our personalities are so different i'm the older sister in case you couldn't tell which is my hope <laughs> but <laughs> i'm 2 years older than her and like i mean um, we have a younger sister as well who's actually much younger than both of us she's in 10th grade but growing up you know we obviously spent a lot of time together but we would always be fighting and you know we're so different as siblings and you know you never envision like doing something together if you spend all your childhood fighting right yeah. um and just having different interests and um i think we really started relying on each other a lot more as adults but even then it was more of building that person connection and like i want to do this with work and i want to do this with work you know kind of different things um but what really helped us also think about working together were those different skill sets right like i came from a business background riya comes from a technology background like she she did her degree in computer science and science technology and society and then i did accounting and business uh, so it was interesting for us to work together because we weren't bringing the same thing to the table um, so when this idea came about and when we started talking about it as well like the most important thing was to be honest about like what that would do to our relationship and to remind ourselves that ultimately our relationship as sisters comes first mm-hmm. um so and i think again that goes back to just the way that our parents also emphasize relationships and um, because our parents work together and like it was a family business in that sense right so their like business conversations were always like happening at the dining table and we there was no real difference like we would go to the farm all the time like we would be at my mom's desk like you know doing our homework all the time stuff like that so because of that like to have that conversation and say like where do we draw the line and if we draw a line and how do we kind of you know set the right communication um channels between both of us because ultimately that's what's going to be most important um that's what helped us decide that yeah we can work together and you know we can make this work and um our youngest sister always helps too so she holds us in check that we're family first and founders next she like will refuse to go to dinner with us if we talk about work she's like turn the collar down like <laughs> um but yeah i think everything that yashoda said and so we actually worked together she was actually my boss when we worked in our family business together uh but she was such a good boss that i didn't realize she was my boss for like a little bit you know um so i think that also really helped us cuz like um we got a little bit of a test of what it would be like to work together um and we had a really like pretty brutally honest conversation before we started in terms of what our expectations are like things that have like triggered um like fights in the past between us like you know what's something about me that annoys you is a hard question to ask but i think an important one um and yeah like you should have said because we have different skill sets we've always come to the thing of like i disagree with you but like i will trust you to try it out and we always take that approach like let's run an experiment right because we do disagree like all the time because we have different mindsets but i think that's always been a strength in the business because whenever we're like i don't think this would work versus like i think this could work we're like okay let's set a budget let's run an experiment let's try it out um because underneath everything there's like that deep level of trust um and like 25 years of like seeing the other person like being proven right <laughs> so um that happens. No I think that the entire concept of getting to know each other understanding each other I think that that is one benefit which all would have as siblings that you all know each other that well like you said that's a very difficult question but a very important question that what are the things that you that annoy me uh, annoy you about me uh, yeah. and what annoy me about you uh, just random story but I actually visited uh, the Netherlands in October 
and i got to spend some time with my sister i had not met her she's moved to amsterdam actually so i think i really reconnected with her after two and a half three years and during that period like it was a slightly different dynamic because we were sharing the same space after about three years and uh, those were the days where we where just the two of us went out on a date and then we hung out and we were like okay i think something's a little off like we we were trying to understand because from what we were three years back to what we were uh, in october we had evolved as individuals and we were two different people so i think that uh, i fully understand and with partners uh, with my business partner also having that understanding having a different mindset and i think that is where a business can be built if that's what i keep telling him also and keep telling people in my team i said i do not want to create another devik or another abhilash i said i want you all to be you uh, there have to be some basic uh, principles in mind but everyone's personality should bring another element into their leadership skills if not then there is no point to uh, building a leader so i think that's quite interesting being being siblings uh, growing up seeing your parents being business partners i think your little younger sister is just going to be a little like okay which which team do i join <laughs> what is her uh, thought on this <laughs> no she feels like she's her own team leader and we are her subjects <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, i think what you said about your sister totally like rings true with me because like you know both of us were only two years apart so like we went to college and before that like 11th and 12th grade like she was a super hard worker so i never saw those two years um you know just generally like i think there was that gap and then we kind of like rediscovered each other's personalities and like what our equation was like i still remember this one time um i used to like be a journalist in college i used to write a lot um and someone was like like one of my articles went like slightly viral in the sense that it got trolled by a lot of people <laughs> And like the first person that I called was Yashoda, and she was like, "You're calling me? Like you never called me?" It's like you know, finding our way back to each other. I think um, even before work and then through work as well, um, it's helped our sister relationship. It's also really helped our family relationship. No, I fully understand. I think growing up, there is that one phase in like your uh, early teens or like teenage where you move a little apart, and then I think eventually everyone just comes back together. uh in most cases that is that's oh, even a good experience <laughs> yeah. yeah that's true yeah and keeping in mind what you all have built now over the last few years um where do you all see it headed because on your website i also did see uh, incense sticks agarbattis so could you just help me understand that now you all have covered a certain part of the market where do you think you guys are headed or what is your vision mm-hmm. our consistent vision has always been to like create that delight during your puja experience right and that's centered around flowers um but there are also other things that go into that puja basket that continue to create that delight and that's where the agarbatti idea came from right um and other products as well we sell camphor and cotton wicks and um different types of garlands and all of that ultimately coming down to how can we create that like you know that excitement about that 5 minutes of peace that you have in the morning and that added delight in that moment so that continues to be the vision that drives us um in terms of in terms of tangible things that are getting us there um you may have seen on our website we have launched a few other cities we're live in about seven cities right now uh, but really taking our brand pan india um and the beauty of this product right i, I think riya said this in the beginning that it's used by all religions it's used by all um you know income back income brackets so like 
I mean, when we started, that really hit us because we used to do deliveries to like some of the luxury apartments in Bangalore. And, um, and you know, when we were just looking at our subscription data, one of our delivery boys is going there to deliver. And then another delivery boy was going to one of our packing staff's house to deliver her subscription, you know? And just looking at that like varied subscription made us realize that it's about making this product accessible to whoever wants to buy it, right? And, and that group is huge. And how do we make, create that trust around this brand, provide a high quality product to every single person that wants it in their life. And that requires looking at different distribution channels, where our different customers are sitting and actually getting that product to them there and across India. Um, and yeah, I, I guess that, that's what we are really working on. <laughs> yeah, like something we always tell everyone is that like, you know, whether you're going to a fancy like food hall, normal grocery store, Kirana shop, online app, if you're picking up a lace chips packet, like you expect the same product regardless of the channel, right? And even though it's food grade and it's something that's like about your health, not that Lisa is so healthy, yeah. you know that like when you open up that packet, it's going to be a consistent experience. It's going to be a safe experience, but it's completely trustworthy. And if you can do that with a food grade product, why not with flowers, right? We're so used to thinking that flowers, you're going to get cheated. The freshness is not going to be there. Uh, for us, it's like if you can pick up our flowers anywhere and know that because they're Hulu flowers, your experience is going to be a delightful one. Um, I think that would be amazing. And the same way that, you know, with puja flowers, when we told people, you know, our flowers last for 15 days versus the typical two to three days, people were like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. And then they take the flowers home and they're like, oh my God, it actually lasted for 15 days. You know, every single time people are like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure it does. And then they're like, whoa, it actually lasted, you know. Um, if we could do that with puja flowers, if we could really just reimagine what that was, I think now what's exciting to us now that, as you said, we've done puja flowers for a while, not only continue to grow that, but expand that puja basket um, and really reimagine the puja experience, right? Like for those, you know, you're talking about that five minutes of peace. How do we extend that, that whole experience around puja, whether it's daily puja or your festivities, how can we reimagine every aspect of that? Not just agarbatis, kumkum, like subject parts of it, but the entire uh, whole of it as well, right? So I think those are all questions that we're asking, projects that we're working out, like a lot of experiments right now um, that we're really excited to bring to our customers. No, absolutely. And the, the I would say the entire idea around uh, how y'all are trying to reimagine that entire experience of a puja is beautiful. I actually was wanting to ask you this uh, since the start. I'm so glad you brought it up. How do your flowers last for 15 days? Like that's something that's, that's been uh, racking my brain for a long time. I mean, without revealing a trade secret, if you are comfortable, uh, how does it last for 15 days? So that's a question we get all the time. So don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, so, you know, these flowers typically last two to three days. Um, and when we started out, we were like, this is obviously the problem that we have to solve. Because once you solve this, then your distribution channels open up. Uh, the first one was working with farmers directly, getting the flowers right after harvest as opposed to like 36 hours after, which is the typical, right? Um, so building up that farmer network, building up that supply chain. Uh, we ran a lot of experiments in-house in terms of shelf life elongation. Um, so we worked with, you know, how do we process these flowers? Um, how do we insulate them against, you know, any bacterial infections, all of that stuff. Um, and at the end of the day, once it goes into our packet, how do we kind of pause time? 
which is what our dream was and which is kind of what we do right now. Um, at a very high level, um, the flowers, the chemical which carries their scent is also the chemical that causes their wilting. It's the ethylene in the flowers. The same thing in fruits and vegetables as well. Um, ethylene management is like a well-studied science, uh, but it's usually applied to like bouquet flowers and fruits and vegetables because it's all fresh produce at the end of the day, right? Um, what we did is we applied that science to puja flowers. So for every different kind of produce, there's a different kind of ethylene management um, technique or procedure that's used, right? Um, so for puja flowers, nobody had really looked into like, how do you manage this uh, ethylene that's coming out? So we basically flush our packets uh, with an ethylene blocker. So it's constantly reacting with that ethylene and taking it out of the packet. And the happy coincidence is that the byproduct of that is water vapor. Uh, so it actually maintains the moisture level and kind of cools down the flowers as well, uh, which is exactly what you need to keep the flowers fresh for longer. Wow, I'm impressed. <laughs> Thank you so much. The answer is, you know how, like, if you have one banana that's ripening and then the rest of them haven't ripened yet, you like have to remove it or they'll all kind of turn to brown. Like in an enclosed packet, like that's what's happening to the flowers, but we're like removing the ethylene and removing that rotten banana all the time. Wow, I think you guys have like really, uh, I would say, put your experience, your learnings. Uh, the science, I, I mean, just looking at a packet of flowers, anyone would say, yeah, this is what I can do. It's a mindset hota logo, ki, this is so simple. What is the science behind this? And now that you all have explained it, I think it just really helps people understand the depth of research that you all have done. And I would say the kind of uh, thought and effort that has gone into building something like this. And you all have really like built a brand around... Uh, and a completely unthinkable market. Like this is a question why I started the podcast is to really understand why founders start a business. And I think y'all are one of those few founders who've shown me such a different, uh, I would say a different space, a different concept and such clarity of, uh, I would say, thought. Uh, just wanted to say like you guys are doing an amazing job. <laughs> All the clarity is in retrospect. <laughs> we started out with just the question, the question of like, you know, how do we approach the puja market? Um, and then we came across all these answers and we continue to, like I said, you know, um, the supply chain, the packaging, those are the first two steps. And we were like, wow, we cracked it, right? But then immediately we were like, what else can we do? Like what machinery can we bring in? What distribution channels can we bring in? Now it's what experience can we build around this product, right? So um, I'm sure in five years we'll have a clearer view of what <laughs> we should have been doing right now. Uh, but it all started with a question, just like, how do we solve this problem? Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much, both of you, for this. It was an absolute pleasure uh, to record this episode, get into your minds, understand what really started this uh, beautiful, beautiful startup. And I wish you uh, all the success and uh, hope that five years later we do another podcast and you'll have another line of uh, products uh, out there. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to another episode of Inspired with Derek. Uh, really looking forward to any feedback from your end. And uh, please do write to us with your feedback at inspiredwithderek uh, at the rate gmail.com. That's the podcast name at the rate gmail.com. You can just share any sort of feedback in terms of 
what more content you would like would you like to for the episode what you didn't like i'm really looking forward to uh, any feedback or i would say areas where we could improve and the kind of guests that we could get on the show and the kind of stuff that you would like to see more often from us please do write into us we are uh, just an email thank you